physics are correct and all of the like different like I tell it to do X and it's doing X but maybe it's starting to do Y when I add this in and I gotta fix it but there's a lot more like 3D sculpting I feel like we're no. deep diving and we haven't even <laughs> we, started recording yet. Possibly? You know it's gonna be a work of art or yeah, a non work of art? What? The animated film of Mario Brothers coming out, specifically with my eyes on. <laughs> There's an animated film of Mario Brothers? Guess who's we already got it. Guess, guess who's playing who's... Mario? No, guess for real. <laughs> no, voicing Mario. Nicholas Spark uh, not Sparks Nicholas. I'd rather that. I'd no, rather have that. Younger. Younger, like how much younger? Like Star Lord. If it's younger. Tom Holland, I'm gonna cry. No, oh, is it Chris Pratt? It is. Oh, I'm fine with We're that. making fun of it. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with that. Chris Pratt was a voice in Onward. He does voice work well. I'm not, I don't have a problem with mm. that. He does voice work well. I don't who was care. He, who was he in uh, Onward? The I older brother. Just the older brother, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, oh, oh so it's a great stretch of the imagination. He played kind of a goofy, dumb, okay. barely out of his Okay, team but kid. Mario's also but goofy here, and dumb. Right, here's, but. The, here's the thing. First but can he do all, an accent? First of all, it isn't that much of a stretch. Well, we don't know how long they've actually been and, in production for, so we don't know how long he's actually been practicing the and accent. Sec- and Fair. second of all, you know... Charles Martinet or boss man. The voice acting community is not massive, especially if you are doing a big budget film. Especially after the so uh, you have to be drama that went on like last. Yeah, time. you have to be selective if you're planning to make money on something when you try when you voice cast someone. You can make bank off of Chris Pratt just by putting his name on it. Who cares how? I mean, obviously he's quality. He's got the credits from onward so you just use the kid and then you move on from there I don't like fingers crossed it's not garbage Hmm? yeah right People thought the Sonic movie was going to be garbage. And, and I thought that it was crossing like fingers. Okay, well, but those first animations that they released were horrible. Were they were fuel. so bad. <laughs> the community went after them hardcore. They were like, no. <laughs> no, you're doing this all wrong. Yeah, And, and I do was... appreciate that actually the studio was like, oh, maybe we should reanimate this. Like, they didn't just double down and go ahead... Because I feel like there's so much response, and this is incredibly off-topic, but I'll keep it short so we can get to what we are on topic. <laughs> but go on. No, because what the point I'm about to make is incredibly not related to what we're actually discussing today. I feel like there's a real disrespect in, like, I'm going to say creators, but I do not mean, like, indie or lower-level or fan-based creators. I am sure. talking, like, top-level creators. Yeah. There's a real disrespect for what your fans want. Like, to the point of you hear of all these creators doing, like, oh, well, they guessed our ultimate plot twist, so we rewrote it seven episodes in because the fans were guessing it and we couldn't have that. Just so stupid. And that's terrible. Garbage. And it just makes but that's off topic, so yes. I'm going to leave you it know, there. You know, actually, that could go into, like, um, an intellectual property copyright episode if we ever do one. There was a, a, a Spider-Man comic book, but a fan suggested it. Back, this is like the late 70s, early yeah. 80s, where a fan suggested a specific storyline yeah. uh, to uh, the Marvel Comics, the Spider-Man writer at the time. Yeah. And Marvel decided, now we can't do it, because we don't want to risk the this kid's family coming after us, because that was exactly what we were going to do. Now, we, I mean, I'm not saying that's yeah. applicable, but it's kind of a no, fascinating thing. No, it's one thing, thing for somebody to go like, hey, here's a full cooked plotline idea. Yeah. You know, use that. I'm saying... 
like the stuff where it's like, oh, the That's murderer was going to be X, but everyone started guessing, so yeah. now we've made the murderer Y, so it makes no sense, but we can't have our fans guessing, because for some reason people think that if you have a predictable plot line, you've written a bad show, because mm-hmm. nobody understands the mechanics of writing anymore. But again, we were talking about video games today. <laughs> yeah. Just, as a sort of transition, a very similar thing happened with the Mass Effect series. Yes. Where the, the original... Oh. Ending, oh. An introduction? Not yet. No. no. I think you should do an introduction okay. before we veer off any further. But then we'll come back to the Mass Effect. Hello, yes. everyone. Yes. We're talking about video games today. That was an intro if I ever done heard one. No, episode 26, as a matter of fact. We're getting up there. Yeah. Video games is on the brain. So, but we, we let's do this first round a little bit quicker than usual. What are we reading? Oh. What are we watching? Um, All right, Grant, what are you reading? I am still plugging away at Black Sun Rising by C.S. Friedman. Oh, yeah, how's it going? It's, it's getting really good. Nice. They just nice. entered, uh, I, I've been going, the going's been kind of slow, but they just mm-hmm. entered a, a forest that's a hotbed of fey energy that's in, that's controlled by the human mind, and it's like a big collective I unconsciousness. I was a hotbed of fey energy. It was nice. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I don't think those are the same situation. <laughs> It's I like, just had to say that. I'm sorry. It's like a whole uh, 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 collective unconsciousness thing where the Ooh. fears are manifested, and it's really cool. So. Right. Oh, go that cool. way because I'm so okay. trying yeah. to remember what I have. I am reading, listening to uh, "Hurricane Summer" by Asha Bromfield, and it's a delight thus far in terms of the audiobook narration, as as far as an author narrating her own work, which I just learned oh, today nice. that she's an actress. Yeah, she's in Riverdale. So. Who? Hot diggity. She, uh, I believe she plays Val. But she, oh. she is doing an excellent job. It's about a young woman and her sister are spending their summer with their estranged father in Jamaica, and her, her accent work is pretty on point. I'm not saying it's uh, um, Bonnie Turpin levels of children <laughs> of blood and bone I mean, you know. uh, on point, but she's doing a great job. And I'm only almost halfway through. I'll, I'll give a full review the next time. Okay. Jen. I just literally during my lunch break today finished the book I'm reading, well, rereading, which was Serpent and Dove by Shelby Maharin. Yeah. I assume you say it the French way like that. Uh, very, very TLDR summary. A witch and a witch hunter are forced into a marriage of convenience and fall in love. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's great. It's one of the best plot lines because it's all of this very like opposites attract kind of situation happening. There's a great daring rescue at the end. I'm about to reread book two because I just got book three, which is the last in the trilogy for my birthday. Oh, this is a book I thought you were talking about Riverdale. I mean, it could be either, really. The plot <laughs> lines would work on either one. That's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But so I was rereading the first two in the trilogy, so that way I'm ready for the newest one, which is a couple months old. But my TBR list is never ending, so I got there when I got there. When is it ever? Anthony. I am currently rereading Aragon, because it's been a while since I've done a reread of Aragon. Um, And I am enjoying it. Um, I mean, I love those books anyway, but it's nice to go back to something you haven't done in a while. I like the part with the dragon. (laughs) There's a dragon in there? What? I'm sorry for spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Dumbledore dies! (laughs) I thought it was about Henry VIII's first wife. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Um, <laughs> Miss Erin. So I'm waiting for books right now, actually, to come in through Mel. So um, 
I'm waiting for the first two books of the Dresden Files to come oh. through because I had a friend. Recommend- yeah, I had a friend recommend it to me, and I was just like, okay, well, I guess that'll be fun. Your friend hates your guts. Well, okay, <laughs> yes, really he quick. does. I just recently, based on a patron's recommendation, well, like a few months ago, read uh, Stormfront. Yeah. Um, I think I gave it three stars, but I do want to read more. Like it was not amazing. But it was enjoyable enough to, like, no. I disliked is... the first book. Not hardcore, but I disliked it. And then I heard someone, <laughs> a writer who lives in Chicago, she uh, literally went, you know what I hate? I hate when people point at a place on the map and decide to set their world there, and then they don't know anything about the city. <coughs> Dresden Files. <laughs> I was like, what city is it in? Chicago. Oh, that makes and sense. Does not live there, and she's like, "It's very clear that he doesn't, because I live there." And I'm like, "What are you talking about, man?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Well, I just ordered the first two books. I was like, well, you like this book, so I need to see why." But it might. Be, I mean, yeah. It, I mean, and then can I talk? Okay. There yes. are fans. I'm gonna derail it very briefly to talk about my favorite, by which I mean least favorite, like geographical misfire I ever read about in yes. a book. Yes. <laughs> which is an arc I got at PLA last year, and I will redact the title for the sake of the author's oh, you're so privacy. Nice. But it was a book ostensibly set in northern Michigan, written by a Canadian writer. And the reason I say this is because there was something about Lake Huron being to the west of this northern Michigan town, and I was losing my mind. Get out. All of the action was set on, like, the eastern side of the northern lower peninsula. Like, in, they made up a county, and they called it, like, Alpena County. Which is fine, because Alpena is a real place. I was like, that but, exists! <laughs> but they kept going. They were like, so we went into the closest big city, Petoskey. And I was like, what? <laughs> As opposed to what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We drove half an hour and got to Gaylord, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I wrote a movie that takes place in the Upper Peninsula, and I just came up with all the names. That works, like, no, I respect that. Yeah, no. But Moose like, Lake. At least, like, but then Lake Huron was to the west. No, I yeah. see that. Well, like, the here's the thing: like, if they're gonna do it, they need to like at least make sure like one, the towns are spaced apart correctly. If they're gonna use actual real Please. names of yes. towns, but also like west of Lake. <laughs> I wish I had like a little sound effect, the time and money, to, and whatever little lasso as we're. It's, and just roping us all back in. <laughs> to bring us back to the podcast. So what's Great. The, I am actually playing. Okay. So what's the theme? And Grant was stepping all over it. What's the theme, Grant? Oh, I, I, the theme today is video games. And yes. are, are, are they art? Are they? What What are they? What the heck are they? Are they Are they literature? Are they? What? Oh, yes. I don't know what oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, okay. Okay. I'm now sorry. we're going to go around again. Fight oh, more. no. What is, was your first experience with video games? Oh, I have story time. He has that. placards. Jen, go first, because you know it's going to take the rest of us a hundred um, years. I She's think. like, what's a video game? Okay, next. Um. I, the first, I don't necessarily remember what my absolute first video game was. My first personal system that I owned was a Game Boy Color. Yes! yes! Colors! But my Good. dad... I remember when I was little, little, I had like an NES in the house. Oh, sure. And I was playing like Wheel of Fortune at like age five. Sure. On the NES. I <laughs> love this yes. for you. Which is very on That's so on brand. I that love this. True. Um, you had the question is about first video games, right? First yeah. memory. My experience, game. memory, whatever. Earliest yeah. memory um, is of this game. It was a computer game that we played at school. And the obj- there was one objective. Pick the kids up in the neighborhood, 
make sure they get dropped off at school. That's it. Bus there was simulator. no specific order. There was like no, it was literally nothing to this because it was supposed to be for three-year-olds and actually we played it at daycare. Anyway, the point is that like yeah. I did. I played it all the time and I have a very like sense memory of it. Um, from then on, of course, I, I played system after system after system because, well, you know. As one does. I'm yes. a gamer. <laughs> so. Okay, so. I, I can have this go two different ways, so I'm going to kind of briefly touch on both. Um, <laughs> my first actual, like, memory of video games is, so for the audience who doesn't know, my brothers and I have a very big age difference in between us. So when I was, like, two years old, they're both in high school, and my first memory is my brothers turning around and, like, they would be playing games on the computer. So, like, King's Quest, Goblins, uh... Madden, whatever, on whatever consoles or PC that they're playing on, mm -hmm. and I would be, like, two years old in their lap, pointing and telling them what to do <laughs> as a two-year-old, and they would be doing it. Um, oh, they wouldn't just throw some shade at you and give you the, the not-plugged-in controller? No, actually, um, my brothers would turn around and, like, let's say we're playing, like, Madden or something, which I'm terrible at sports games, so... But Interesting. they would turn around and they would hand me a plugged-in controller and play, like, 2v2 with me. And then one of my brothers would make sure that I would win at least one game by running backwards until he um, lost a couple points. Because <laughs> if no, you were, just if, Yeah. Oh. And then my other brother would have me sit there and he'd play, like, Devil May Cry and, like, Final Fantasy and stuff. And he would just oh, literally sit Fantasy. me there and play. And that's how I learned that the monsters in those games weren't real. Because I got mad at him for killing them in the first place. <laughs> and I was like, you can't do that. That's rude. That hurts people. And he's like, but they're not real. <laughs> but yeah. if you ask me about the first game I actually played, I played Elmo's Number Adventure for the Nintendo 64. And that was my actual first, like, nice game. Sure. Yeah. Love that for you. Thanks. Grant. Okay, so probably as far as far as I can tell, my earliest video game memories probably um, watching my older cousin play games like the first two Halos, yes. um, Grand mm -hmm. Theft Auto, yes. San Andreas, all games that I probably shouldn't have been watching and play at that time. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. No. I feel like that's the experience. No, it is. It is. It's the it is. experience yeah. with older siblings and cousins at that point. No, uh, he also had a PS1, so he had that awful Superman game that... I, I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was so screwed up you technically couldn't even beat it. There was only like, one Superman game worth mentioning. It was on the Super Nintendo, but another day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot of fond memories of just kind of sitting there watching them, being terrified of the flood in Halo. Mm -hmm. That was that was yeah. Spooky. <laughs> uh, and and as far as the first, I I'm pretty sure the first quote unquote console I ever had was a Game Boy Advance, nice. and I got Golden Sun. My parents got me Golden Sun blindly. Um, it, which, for those who don't know, it's a JRPG. Yeah. It's really cool. I, really My, but I also had J, uh, Golden Sun mm. for Game Boy at one point. Um, and yeah, so they got it for me without knowing what it was. <clears throat> I had no idea um, what I was doing at first. But, um, that know, was, was a fun. mistake, but <laughs> I understand. Yeah, it was fun. And it's yeah. when you play Golden Sun, you understand. As befitting someone who is in their fourth decade of life. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God. I'm turning gray as I speak. <laughs> Um, Atari. One of the, actually, no. We're going Dreamcast. A bit farther. Okay. I mean, my family actually legit did have a Pong on hand, um, but sure. that's not. I don't remember it as much as I do. Uh, singularly, Kool Aid Man, 
played on the. Oh, in- yeah. oh my in- god! Yeah, you showed. You showed us that the Intellivision. If anyone remembers the Intellivision, it was. You are eligible for an ARP discount. <laughs> <laughs> Don't joke. I've actually gotten a few little things. I'm like, I'm not that old yet. But it, it was a game that I look it up online. Kool Aid Man in television. Look it up. Watch some YouTube videos. Know that this game terrified me probably a decade and a half prior to Resident Evil. Know that if you watch gameplay of this game, epilepsy warning. Right, yeah, this is true. Epilepsy warning. Yeah, it is. Um, It is really a lot of flashing lights. But then, if you talk about like it's interesting, first obsessive obsession of a game, easily Metroid. And yes. the Nintendo. Oh, but if we wanted that. to make the leap to like what was my first like because everything else beforehand was the family console. Mm-hmm. But my first personal console, because I bought it with my own money, was the Super Nintendo. Um, but yeah, I, I, Atari, <laughs> my friend had an Atari in television. We had that, and I Did played you have a lot a of that growing up. Too? I do actually have it. Because we have those at my house too. Um, so like by and large, I've made the leap to most every console in some variations on Sega because I didn't love it but I, I, I did like the Dreamcast but yeah, you know, and I'm a little slower to get to it just because I don't have the time to really and energy to devote to that many games these days so I still want a PS5 but I'm not chomping at the bit I'm chomping at the bit but that's because my Xbox One died and I'm through with Microsoft oh no fair enough if yeah. I own another piece of Microsoft I will not Kay. be alive fair enough fair enough <laughs> I did have a question about console versus computer, but I don't want it to descend into a fight. Um, console, yeah. period. Uh, no! <laughs> no! Honestly, I'm a console peasant. I've never, I've never been a PC gamer myself. Yeah. As somebody Although who's I recognize done both. the value of PC gaming, but that's probably just because... As somebody you know, who's been my both? My person is a PC gamer, so... As somebody who's been both, I Platform. see the under- <laughs> I see the pros and cons of each one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was fully in console gaming point um, before I entered high school. Sure. And then my friends had a copy of Left 4 Dead 2 on their Xbox and we played it at school. That's a good game. And then I turned around and for my birthday I was like, I want my own like copy of it. I want my own like controller and everything to play. And so we went to Best Buy about it for the PC and I understand a lot of why PC gamers are like this is the best one and why console gamers are why this is the best one. I personally prefer PC because I like the modding capabilities mm-hmm. and being able to turn any game and fix it or add something new or something. You don't get that on consoles very no. much anymore. Nope. But they are trying to turn that around with certain games but like nah. not very well in terms of Compatibility for mods for consoles kind of sucks. You know, if I had more time, money, and energy into it, I'd probably go more become more of a PC gamer. I'm but frankly, I just case. at the end of the day, I just want to plug it in and play. I mean, the benefits, you know, of a console game, of course, I can't in- mod Incredible Hulk into my Skyrim game. When I maybe when Actually, I get the twentieth re-release. Actually, you can. I just want to use magic to kill orcs. Yeah. It relieves stress. Actually, there's a new Skyrim coming out in November. A new Skyrim again. They're doing an anniversary release. I know. (laughs) There was a joke in there. God Skyrim. (laughs) Just released the sixth one already. Stop playing around. Thanks. Okay. The other question I had was, what attracts you Mm -hmm. to a particular game or series of games? Or more generalized, why do you play video games? 
Me. Uh. Andy's pointing at me, everybody. <laughs> um, have you been singled out? Yes, I feel like I have. Oh, okay. But um, well, the here, explosion's gonna happen a little bit, like when we start talking about like the value and aesthetics <laughs> and art. Let's just let's just continue on. Great. Why do you play video? Ready, <laughs> player, player one. Um, <laughs> escapism, immersion, um, getting lost in a world in a way that you can't in other mediums, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's I really gravitate towards like RPGs and stuff where you can. You know, it, it gives you free reign. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I like mm. all sorts of games, but like GRPGs versus Western RPGs. You know, Western RPGs. I, I like both. That's a different, that's <laughs> a different thing. Okay. You know, it, sorry. I'm gonna steal it a little bit because the comment was made earlier, or you made it about uh, video games as literature. Um, almost my favorite games over the years <laughs> have been stronger narratives. Like. I mean, I like level grinding. I like that. I like that function. I can turn on an audiobook and just grind. Um, but throughout the years, I've big RPG person, um, and maybe that's why I've gravitated toward the JRPGs a little bit more than the uh, Western RPGs, because I like to feel like I'm playing a book with some loose choose-your-own-adventure elements. Um, I love my full uh, uh, the the cutscenes. I love them, although. Some games take it a little too much, where it's like a 25-minute scene. Oh, five minutes of gameplay, launch into another 25-minute scene, and they're beautiful. <laughs> I guess but. that is the major difference between like JRPG, Western and Eastern. You know, like between it's more story-driven and more. Just gonna not. I, this, Sorry. I know I'm liking the, the nodding. Like, no, no, no. Just create a gif of her head. <laughs> where I guess I guess the Western RPG tradition is maybe more influenced by like Dungeons and Dragons, where. You have more exactly. free reign over. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't. Well, I'm not an expert. Hmm. So, for games, for me, I like the storytelling aspect of it as well. Um, there's heavily a difference between JRPGs and Western RPGs. Mm -hmm. um, I like a little bit more JB JRPGs more because I grew up with the Final Fantasy series. My favorite series overall is the Mana series. So, like Legend of Mana, Secret of Mana. Like, I like their storytelling Dragon aspect. Quest. Dragon, Dragon Quest. Quest. Yes. I like their like storytelling aspects more because there's less I feel in those specific ones that we just mentioned, there's mm -hmm. less of large cutscenes and more of you have these moments where they're talking to each other and then you can see how the characters are interacting with each other and even if it's a silent protagonist, hi squall, I'm looking at you. Um <laughs> like they have a very specific personality and the characters in their storytelling or their dialogue with each other give this character a personality that you know, like, okay, so they're like this, or they make jokes like this, or they say things, and it just really helps along with storytelling in a way that, like, you don't see in it almost, a lot there's of some scholarship meetings? that talks about, I, I didn't link much in the, the working doc, but there's some scholarship to um, how video games advance and promote literacy amongst individuals. Like, people think you're a recluse. There's that common misconception that, oh, you're just sitting yep. in someone's basement playing video games. Um, mm. But well, Some of us are recluses. But, <laughs> but oh, you I mean, don't have to be. Yeah. Yes. But, like, there, there is some in When I was a advanced, kid, like, yeah. I had, like, a really advanced reading level, and everyone, like, I did read a lot, but, like, mm -hmm. everyone thought that I read just a lot of books that were higher reading levels because I was just eating them like candy. But in actuality I was sitting there playing games that were for higher like audiences like higher aged audiences where I had to learn from context clues 
of what was going on, even if I didn't understand, like, what was being said on the screen because the words were too big. Like, sure. I was having to understand, yeah, so like... You were, yeah, that's actually very... Get, like, a really cool, like, context clue. So now it's really easy for me as an adult to, like, sit there and go, oh, I'm reading this, I have this context clue right here, and I can, like, tell you what's going to happen in, like, five chapters because of, like, something that I just read. Mm. Um, you see this in, like... Western RPGs as well. Like, my favorite series is the Divinity series, which is a very good, like, storytelling, similar to a JRPG, also similar to, like, a Dungeons and Dragons type thing. Mm -hmm. I like those as well. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I I think I have a couple other questions kind of regarding that later, but it's it's a fascinating thing. Um, I'm objective-based. And I hate games that dally about. Like, I'm like, listen, give me a level, give me a certain number of levels, and make, give me, like, level difficulty. So you're, like, a platformer. Um, I'm, ma- I'm a major platformer person. Like, I'm like, just let me kick, shoot fire out of my face or <laughs> arm or whatever. Can I kick the turtle? I can kick the turtle. Let's kick the turtle. <laughs> like, can I jump over this hole? Oop, nope, can't Are jump over that hole. Are there snakes on like, a plane? <laughs> literally, literally, I... I play, oh, I love that! Thanks. I play because I mean I think like I I think for me I enjoy less narrative in video games because I have turns on, I'm sorry. so many other narrative outlets that my brain yeah. is exhausted by narrative, and that's what video games are for. Is that I'm like you know what there is no narrative to me using my staff to defeat these orcs because if that orc cuts I mean, at my face Skyrim and, like, I will out. die Skyrim see the prob- the thing that I love about Skyrim is that the story is so dumb that I yeah. don't have to care about yeah. it yeah pretty much it's all like, like it's, it's, it's so stupid like it's just like oh okay I gathered magical powers and this magical power is going to make it easier to kill the dragons oh wait the dragons weren't the antagonists in the first place it was the gods who made the world this is crazy it's dumb but like even then you don't even have to pay attention to the storyline you can completely just exactly. walk around it you, you don't, don't even, even have to and like, even, like, even the like the smaller stories that happen are in some way more interesting but even those you're just like that's it you always every time you get to the end of a Skyrim side quest and I'm like I did all of this work for that. Bye. Like me with the which is fine skills. because it's uh, because the thing that I liked about the side quests is that they're they're objective based. So like you have to mark your progress yeah. by those objectives. So that's what makes it more fun for me as a game. And I love open world. Um, but if it's too open and there's not enough objectives, if there's not something coming after me. Um, which is why I fight dragons every time I'm in Skyrim. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not level up enough for this, but I will fight three dragons, two Atronach spiders, and, like, three angry wizards at the same time, just because I'm like, I've never done this before. Can I win? So we've learned that Anthony <laughs> is a platformer in a sandbox RPG, so, yeah, yeah, yeah that's like, fun. Yeah, I just like Do you have any stuff. thoughts, Jen? I am a person who is here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wait. Hey, wait, so are you not a Candy Crush person? Yeah. No, I've never... I have still the only video game I have on my phone is Wordscapes which I actually haven't played in like a couple months because I finally broke myself of that but I was on like level 2000 and change in Wordscapes but also because my thing as a video game player it's either something like if I'm with a bunch of friends and somebody pulls out Mario Kart then I am always down for Mario Kart it is a thing I do do you always choose Rainbow Road (laughs) or 
if it's something that I'm playing on my own, like the video game I was obsessed with as a child, outside of like loving to play Pokemon on and off, was Yee. Little Mermaid Pinball for the Game Ball <gasps> Color. It had a battery that pack yes. that you could have like the rumble turned on when you I were playing Pinball. That. <laughs> I love that. And like one, of course I loved a Disney Princess video game, yeah. but two, if I'm playing any sort of solo video game, I can play pinball for five minutes and then I can go be ready for the appointment that I have coming up. Or, oh, you fair. know, yeah. I need something to kill ten minutes of the end of my lunch break, so mm-hmm. I'm going to play a couple rounds of Wordscapes and call it a day. Yes. Like, I am not, I do not find video games at relaxing. They are not how I spend my time. I can watch a movie. I can read a book. I'll do that for 15 hours a day. But, like, I've just never been a person who, like, sits down and does video games. Yeah, it made me think what your the, when the Candy Crush and stuff like that when you were talking about compl- like uh, objectives. Um, every once in a while, when I'm listening to an audiobook in bed, and just I'll download one of those stupid little monotonous games where I'm trying to think of a good example. Like Holio has a couple of them. I think the the developing company. Mm-hmm. And I just I run around and my numbers increase, but I'm not really doing anything. It's not any technical skill. Um, yeah. It's just false sense of. You know, I also love those. Like Stardew Valley is one of those games. Ugh. Animal Crossing is another one. Where Actually, you, the, the purpose is to build something, and they give you little rewards. It's so stupid how much time will pass. Yeah. When I'm playing those, and we're just like twenty hours later. Oh my god, I have not eaten in two days. Like <laughs> with Stardew Valley, a day Ugh. actually takes about fifteen minutes in real time. One day. I so literally purposely my goal did not like, count because if I did, then I would. Not no, I googled game. it. I googled it because I was wanting to know how actual like the length it was in real time, and oh, I figured out that it was like 15 okay. minutes. So if you turn around and you're like playing it, you're just like, well, I can spend you know three days worth in game of something because I only have like 45 minutes. So I usually like measure up my time by how yeah, much. Yeah, I, can yeah, I don't do. even boot it up unless I have ten hours, because <laughs> that's I just get sucked in. It's I'm just it's gone. hard to sit down for just I currently 10, have Sims minutes. paused yeah. right now on my PC at my house right now, and I'm See, hoping that yeah. it doesn't automatically unpause itself and my Sims die because <laughs> it's done that to me. <laughs> I um, yeah. you mentioned Stardew Valley. And I, I feel like this is a good segue into it, like the next set of questions and the big explosive topic. Oh, okay. Hoping like creates fights. Um, Star, <laughs> Stardew Valley. At some point, the man in charge of it handed over the reins to a different team. He wanted to move on to different things. Mm-hmm. But Stardew Valley, up until a couple years ago, and they really haven't done much with it. Then it's been a minor updates and so on. But from its inception to its development, from music to like everything, was the brainchild. And of the one work person. of one single person. Sure. Um, which he is working like on other things. The guy is, but he's still doing stuff for it. Like they just did like 1.5 a bit ago. Oh, like, I wondered if he ever came back to it because I know no, for a time he, he was he, like, "I'm done, I'm done." He wasn't really done, done with it. It was just more like he needed to take a break for his own mental like health and with all the drama with his with the publisher who was publishing the game in the first place, which is a whole other you know thing. Thing which we probably don't want to get to because Eric Barone. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Yeah, so wait. That's concerned Dave. What's the question that you're like leading up to here? It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) For those who can't see, he's got note cards and throwing them everywhere. I should get like heavier ones, like on like super duper like triple layer card sacks. It's like it's like a ninja star (laughs) right into the wall. (laughs) Anyway. Video games as art. Yes or no. 
Yes. Who, who wants? Okay. I'm. <laughs> the little gift comes up triggered. In between, which is. Still I'll send you the gift of my still, triggered gift that I have still saved. Still a horrible way of saying it. I would say that in due course, they may prove themselves as an artistic form but I think it is currently too soon to tell. Mm. I think there are some games that certainly err, not err on the side of art, but that like are so strongly attempting to be art that they might as well be called the earliest forms of the video game arts. But I would argue that because their objective is in some way, shape or form varied or different from the other arts, I don't know that I would call them art, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. Here's, I want to provide a very generalized definition of art. Oh god, <laughs> well this is dangerous. <laughs> Am I going to get triggered like five times today? I think, yes. I think we all are. I think Aaron the art major is having a breakdown, guys. <laughs> the ex- expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated appreciated for their beauty or emotional power. That is the correct definition of art. You're okay. not wrong. Okay. So uh, I'm not triggered by your definition. I, I, I wasn't hoping to trigger anyone with honestly, the definition. Honestly, I just don't know that that's accurate enough. Okay, I think your it's, I, First of all, I think it's it leans far too heavily into this idea that art must must give you some kind of emotion or feeling. I think it's ludicrous. Because the earliest arts on the planet may give us that feeling now, but they're always initially need-based. Not all of them. Cave art, what, how, how much is cave art need-based? Well, if you think that you know people who lived in caves only needed to like do things for 15 hours a week and no longer than that because they didn't have jobs, they didn't, they didn't have all the stuff that we have. So. 15 hours they, of your... I think they had jobs. I mean, it wasn't in a, like a 9 to 5 in the conventional oh, sense, but my, but, but my, but my you point know, staying is, alive was a job when your lifespan is like 19 years. Okay, but you have to understand that the people who lived in caves, staying alive was second nature to them. They knew how to do that faster than we learned how to tie shoes because they did not have all of the distractions that we have. They didn't... There was. It didn't take very much for humans to figure out, okay... This is fire, it hot. Don't touch it. This is fire, it cook food, food tastes good, got it. Berries over there, be poison. Don't eat them. Berries over there, be not poison. Eat plenty. It doesn't take all that much. So if you consider that like 15 hours of your week is spent making sure that your needs are fulfilled, what else do you do for the rest of the time? Well, you might create something. That's cool. Are you creating it because it makes you feel good creating it? Perhaps, but it also you're also creating it because you are bored stiff out of your mind. There's nothing else to do. So the need arises that you do something. Um, or they document. A lot of cave drawings sure. are used for documentation. Mm. You see this with the history of sure. writing in general with yes. use of symbols. So right. like you have your cave drawings which then get transformed into using tablets, which gets transformed yes. into using like 
cuneiform, which is a Sumerian, like, right. Mesopotamian type Correct. of thing, where it's all just, like, symbols and um, dots, and you mm-hmm. use those symbols to mean certain things, and mm-hmm. that's what those cave drawings meant. Yes. Yes, but again, that's that's a need-based application. It's saying, I need to communicate this thing, Yes. so I'm communicating it yes. to you. Communication in and of itself the way that we view art these days is not considered artistic. It doesn't emote anything. It just says, here are seven golden bowls that I have made for you. Check yes if you got it. That's not emotional. Okay, but That yes, doesn't render any yes, kind know, of joy are, or not joy or anything. It just says, but, here's the information. But there are <laughs> nonfiction works out there today sure. that do more art than check yes or no. There's a difference yeah. everywhere between a receipt and somebody actually trying to relate factual information. Yeah. Communication in, in and of itself, good communication, is an art form that you can develop. There's I mean, a difference so. between telling somebody the driest facts possible and actually making a lesson enjoyable. See every history class you've ever loved or hated. I mean, I, I agree. What I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that the definition of art has changed over time so that... Is that the definition you just got off Google when you said absolutely. define art? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a definition that we have now because we have such an excess of art. Okay, what was In, art a thousand years ago? 1,500 years ago? ago? That depends on the society in which you were looking for art. Okay, but even if the definition was different then... Of course it was different. It it would have to be. But we weren't then, so it's hard to apply what a definition might have been then. But it's called go to a museum. They can tell you, based upon what they have discovered from those cultures, what the culture would have found um, useful or artistic or whatever... Every culture views it differently. You know, some of them... Again, like, but some of the conversations we had upstairs, you're hemi-hawing around this idea. There's a bowl. Someone made a bowl. Yeah. But then one person decided to put graphics on the bowl. Highly Which detailed. Which is as old as time, you Which know. Which now I mean, you're those, talking about Greek faces those, and Chinese faces. No, not just those. I mean, in, in the ancient Americas, there's tons of this stuff all over the place from every indigenous culture within North and South and Central America. Right. What is fascinating about it is that they chose to make the bowl pretty. I don't think they chose to make the bowl pretty for any reason greater than it's pretty. I like looking at it. That's not complicated. That's not fascinating. It's not emotive necessarily. Maybe it is emotive, but the the emotion is small. It's saying, I like looking at this when I eat. Or, I'm going to eat my birds in this bowl. It's not ceremonial. It's not even cultural. It's just... It's, what was the original question again? I yeah, we like got we very off like track here. Ran no, we, we started, like, we're kind of tangling with the idea of defining art, which the only person really is Anthony at this point who's trying to, like, argue the art. I just There's another definition of art. Do you, do you view art? movies as art? Yes, but I think the earliest movies, were, that, that definition doesn't necessarily apply to them. Um, and maybe it does. I don't know. It does, actually, because but, when yeah. we learned about this in my 20th century art history class, they were also classified as art, but they were also classified as technology because they were completely new and innovative. And when they were sure. like shown at like world fairs, when they first started, basically everyone was hemming and hawing and doing the, that's not really art. But at the same sure. time, a lot of scholars who were looking at this going, you just, for example showed us how a horse runs and we've learned that there is a couple moments when they're running 
that they don't touch, none of their feet touch the ground. Like, mm -hmm. that's a technological, like, advancement. Yeah. But yeah. that's used as, like, an art piece. They put this in other technological innovations, such as, like, a viewfinder, where, like, people can go through and scroll through and see, like, the whole entire, like, flip book of a horse running. Like, that's a piece of art. Mm -hmm. The other definition that you might want to go to that's the easiest one, in my opinion, is works produced by human creative skill and imagination. That's what I was just going to say, because... Mm -hmm. like, easiest definition, which then proceeds, lends to the idea that movies are art. Yes. Literature is a form of art. But even the de yeah. definition that definition I first, first pulled out, yeah. that still lends well to movies. It does. It still it lends does. well it, to it video does. games. But, I mean, I think the thing I was quibbling with was the emotion bit, because uh, that is... Okay, but there's also that's thing about not, beauty in there. That's true. I can only watch I, Eris in Final Fantasy VII get stabbed by Sephiroth so many times. No, 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 I, really, I, I, I agree with Anthony, with Anthony on that on that point. Where I feel that it's a mistake to when you try to define art to, to say art has to make you feel anything really. Exactly. Any art, person who oh. does anything in the Dada sphere or anything yeah, that's that, surrealist. Is directly Ma Marcel Duchamp's meaning. The Fountain mm -hmm. comes to mind, where right. it's literally just a mm -hmm. urinal. Yeah, well, exactly. Which is, which is very influential. Which got lost, right. and now there's just a copy of it, but still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Know. Rothko, and which is literally just a giant square on a canvas. And okay, but like okay. the okay. idea of art, it, it. I feel like I'm going to have to. No, this is this is great. You want it? You want no, to I was going? just going to say. Take I feel. It. I feel like. Take I, the wheel and drive. No, I don't want to. <laughs> well, I, I feel like at some point I'm going to have to defend modern and conceptual art because. No, but like also think about. Okay, think about this. I we like, art, we I like pretty things. Okay, <laughs> right. think about this. The person, the bowl thing is applicable to now. If I make, if we'll I come design, back here, listeners, don't worry, we'll come back. If I design, <laughs> just give me oh, a jump cut. <laughs> if I design a bus. The design of the bus initially is not about how the bus looks. It's about oh, how many God. people can you carry in this bus? How many people does it take to operate this bus? Is there a gas tank? I mean, just all of these specific, yes, technical and scientific things, which every piece of art has to contend with, period, because okay. art and sciences are completely linked and united. You cannot do art without science and technology. Or math. Or math. However, what separates the design of a bus, even a pretty bus, from a piece of music is that a piece of music is not necessary for life. Does it make life more bearable? Yes, or less bearable if it's terrible music. <laughs> but a piece of music is there strictly, primarily, to say, I'm here. The bus is functional. If you decide then to make the bus pretty as opposed to ugly, that just means maybe you want people to not hate the way that the bus looks when they're on it. Or maybe you don't want to hate the way yeah. that the bus looks when they you're have on it. That, like functional art. Yes, exactly. It's not emotional in the way that the simplest pop song would be. You know, how can I squeeze emotion into three minutes singing the song? But so what? It's functional. It works, and it makes. So what so, we're saying is the second definition that I gave earlier is better than the first it's definition. Much yes. Okay, so we're it's just gonna go first. with. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna nix the emotional right. and yeah. beauty part, and we'll just take that first. No, half but I and think then stick it with the second one. I think and let's you can continue. look at a piece of art and a video game. Yes. Because I want I want to get back to the the function of video games. You missed my rant games. about yeah. this earlier when I was ranting about it. Um, <laughs> no, you, you can appreciate 
a video game. There's a lot that you can goes appreciate into the it. narrative, the story. There's you can appreciate the, the design. Aspect. Um, there's many different. I mean, it is something that can emote video games. Yeah. Again, we were kind of talking like I, you know, JRPGs. I like those grand stories that emote something, that inspires something, that. Um, they have a context there. There's Those grand stories that seem like it's an epic, a little like Lord of the Rings, but yeah. in actuality, it's just a game. And sometimes that game is four discs long. But somebody had to write the story. Somebody right. had to write the story, and somebody has to take the time to do the conceptual art, and takes the yeah. time to do the three D sculpting, takes mm-hmm. the time to do the two D animation, takes the time to do all of that technologically like art based stuff. I completely consider video games an art form. Yes, they've they've only been around since like the seventies. Yeah. But in actuality, it only took, like, surrealism, uh, Dadaism, like, cubism, um, mm-hmm. avant- the avant-garde scene, which is, like, early modern art in, like, 1900s to, like, mm-hmm. 1940s. Yeah. It literally, like, only took those art scenes maybe about a year or two before scholars were writing papers on them. Mm-hmm. Sure. And... In video games now, we don't really see that as much, like, now within the technological age, because everyone just sees it as technology, but in actuality, when you're looking at it, there's a whole lot that you can get from these games in terms of how people, what type of art styles are they using to make their video games, like, is it a 2D side-scroller, is it is it pixel art, is it some type of hand-drawn art, are they using 3D models? Mm. How are they making it? Is it a CGI? Like, do yeah. they have all these care these actual human actors dressed up in suits with all the dots all over them mm-hmm. to get the actual human captures? Yeah. And then 3D modeling on top of that, because right. that's a whole other artistic aspect that goes in it. There takes yeah. it's hours and hours and hours of work. Mm-hmm. I had to make a video game for my final show for my undergraduate. It took me three months to make like three sprites. And then put all the stuff together in different, like, animation, mm-hmm. like, stages, and then slap it all together. And then on top of that, it took me another month just to turn around and make sure all the technological aspects, like, lined up correctly. It's completely an art form. Point blank, period. Yeah. I'll fight. My drop. I'll fight all of it. I'll fight anyone who says that it's not because I'm, like... Do you know how much goes into it? Because, hello? And that, that's, I, what, that's what, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. That's why I think about, I compare it to film, where, like, mm-hmm. there's so many people, it is, it's a fully collaborative art form, so many people, so many different artists contributing their art to one whole. I don't see how that can't, you how might the have like can't be considered. two people working on one scene in a video game, where you have, like, in a film, you might have three people working the background of a scene. Like, in terms of prop management, in terms of staging, directing, and blocking, and words, and And emotion, and makeup, and and lighting. There's, like, a whole lot of other things that go in there. Yeah. I did want to to throw in the collaborative efforts between people building one singular product. I do want to throw out there in the terms of, like, say, Michelangelo and other artists, how much of their art they didn't physically create... True. This like, is very true. Michelangelo yeah. had a, had his own school of art at one point. Yeah. Um, he was trying to do things all by himself, and then he turned around and he was like, LOL, peace out, and tried to leave. Well, I mean... <laughs> See the Sistine Chapel story for more information. Yeah. Um, I mean, theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. No, there's just a video games is art, yay or nay yay. kind of um, question. All right, but so... Do you, do you have more? You... No, I'm just... I'm just, I'm just 
passionate about it. Like, no, yeah. so. I mean, yeah. we all are. Yeah, we all are. That was a large section of it, which I, is kind of fascinating to hear the back and forth a little bit. The viewers bit. didn't see me get triggered really hardcore behind no. the microphone. I think it no. was apparent. And I, I just yeah. have a very primitivist view of art, where if somebody yes. makes a scribble, it's art. That's me. Yeah. So that's how a lot of yes. actual scholars actually view art in yes. general. So that's it's true. not just you. It's there's well, a lot of people. Well, because the truth. Okay, here's the thing. It it's it's variant. That's the whole point. There's this whole thing these days where people want to talk about art as if art means something good or quality, and if it isn't that, then it isn't good mm-hmm. or quality. And it's like that's ridiculous. So are you going to tell the song child? is yeah. art? If it's a bad song, then it's bad art. Are you going to like, yeah. <laughs> tell a child who's drawing like a whole bunch of squiggly lines really badly on their like coloring page that the paper that they're giving their parent isn't art? When it some parents really, would. Some then, people yeah. would. Or like, some people would poo poo like, it like, oh, how cute. That's, that's there not art, art at all. Is. But it really <laughs> is because the child is sitting there and they're using like, yes, they don't have as many motor skills, fine motor skills as like adults do when they're doing things but they're still using the creative aspects that they know as like a child at three years old Mm -hmm. if i add this color and squiggle it in oh look it looks really really pretty to me i'm gonna use this other other color and squiggle it in look mom look what i did Mm -hmm. like that's still a piece of art yeah of course (laughs) yes and they're the diff you know sophistication i think is the question and that can always I mean, that just boiled it's down to It's dictated tech. by ri- rich people in general. So Not necessarily. I mean, it is, it is and it isn't. I mean, I think that sophistication is driven as much by the artists themselves as it is by the people who pay for it. I don't care how many blockbuster films you give me. If I look at it as someone who knows how to do them, I don't. I'm just saying, if I am someone who knows how to do them and I look at it and go yeah, but technically this is a mess, it's garbage, then it is a mess and it is garbage, period. That is not a yeah. subjective opinion. That is the opinion of... That is that is a fact from someone who knows what to do, who knows how to look at that thing for what it is. Video games, when they it, get released first day and there's a whole bunch of glitches, so they have to re- release an emergency first day Joss Justice League. First day, I mean, seriously, if, if you're... Okay, if you are a... If you're a critic and you pan a novel. But if you are a novelist and you praise that same novel, I'm listening to the novelist far before I listen to the critic because the critic is used to reading and viewing things and having opinions based upon things that they've read before. The novelist knows what's working and what isn't on the craft level. They know what a good piece, a good novel is. They don't, they may have no idea what makes a good movie or a bad movie. Yeah. But they know a good novel when they see one, or at least they know a technically, you know, correct or not. That's why with video games, I pay attention more to the people who are actually playing it and who are turning around and going, hey, I have found a glitch here, or like, hey, I really like this story plot line here, as opposed to somebody who's like doing a review, like, (laughs) and giving it like a meta score of like 89 out of 100 or something. Like, yeah, that's a great score, but like, I want to know what somebody who's actually playing the game thinks, who is sitting there day one, who's playing this game and going, wow, this is either a really good story or I liked it, but it could be improved upon here as somebody who's just 
playing it for kicks and giggles. You mm-hmm. really want with video games? Kicks and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this I'm is using, a family show. This is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> but, um, like, I want the reaction of somebody who's playing it casually. Yeah. I don't want the reaction of somebody who is, like, looking at it through a critical lens. I want somebody who's, like, never played a Legend of Zelda game Ooh. in their life to turn around and play Breath of the Wild and then turn around and That's look at me and tell me how, what they think. Yeah. That's going to give me, as somebody who plays video games a lot, a better view of what's going on within this game than yeah. if, like, <laughs> I have IGN or Kotaku or some other place, like, giving me their opinion. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate your opinion, don't get me wrong, video game reviewers but if somebody's just playing it or they're streaming it or or like they're doing let's play of it online i take their opinion a lot more highly valued because they're playing it and they're not looking at it through a critical lens they're looking at at it through a lens of somebody who just wants to enjoy the craft or enjoy the art Mm -hmm. right there and that's what i like I have, really quick, if a parent were to come in and to listen to the podcast, like, of course, this is going to be answered in a second, but if a parent were to come in and say, oh, I don't want my kid to play video games, what would you say, a quick little snip, like, <laughs> a pitch, snippet, you know, kind of thing, a little pitch, a really quick pitch. To try to change their mind? To try. Here's why I think you should let your child play video games. Without insulting them? Um, yeah. Well, yes. You in can a way insult that, them if you want. In a way that doesn't get you fired. Because, yeah. I mean, you well, know. Well, video the, games have a form of literature in them. Mm-hmm. Like, you're reading them and you're getting a lot of different types of reading comprehension. Yeah. You're reading, like, your child is, like, reading all these scenes and learning from context clues what's going on. There's a lot of reader's comprehension in mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of reading things at a higher reading level than what you're used to. So now you're trying to sound yeah. out words as they're like being written on the screen. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of storytelling aspects, so you get a lot of creativity in there. Like I was going to go it, with the socialization. I mean, Well, yes, there's socialization. I, yeah. I'm going through the single player aspect mm-hmm. of yeah. playing games as mm-hmm. they have the reader comprehension. There's Well, these are both great reasons there. though. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a storytelling aspect, so you're getting kind of like a theatrical theater like learning how like these things go from there mm-hmm. but also it gives you like a creativity imagination aspect where mm-hmm. if you turn around and you let your child play a game ask them to tell you a story afterwards that doesn't have to do it and i can tell you right now as a child my brain was like brimming to the brim of like all these different oh, yeah. types of stories that mm-hmm. i could play or things that would sound cool as a story just from playing these games mm-hmm. because I got so much imagination and creativity out of it. Yes, yeah, okay. absolutely. Coming at it from the non-gamer perspective that Woo! I have and from playing the very Jet's non- coming at us, here we go. Yeah, and again, excited. coming at it from like the I liked playing pinball on the PC or like this Oregon Trail when I was nine. Yes, Oregon Trail. Everything yeah. Oregon but Trail. But like specifically, again, the kind of video games that I am doing, like, again, the quick round of Pokemon or a round of pinball or a round of Wordscapes on my phone. Mm -hmm. You cannot be all creative all the time. I play these because I need my brain to shut up for five seconds. Like, I am not for the mental energy of playing a good video game and developing my literacy skills. 
I am not necessarily in the need of the socialization aspect. All of those are very valuable for like when the kid is more of like the, the active playing mode. It's a mental health. But break. there is also nothing yeah. wrong with I need to play Farmville for ten minutes mm-hmm. to shut my brain up. Yes. Hmm. Yes. You cannot exp- if you want your child to be better that, yeah. at reading an actual book. Give them the ten minutes of video game play time so they to, can get the brain decompression going. Yeah, and then talk to them about a book or a graphic novel or even a more intense video game of like the RPG mm-hmm. nature that you guys mm-hmm. are talking about. Mm-hmm. But like, there is also value in doing something mindless yep. for a few minutes to reset your brain chemistry. You know, this is why I, I really I, I love disabusing parents of the notion that their children must that everything that their children do must be towards the betterment of them as a human being. Let me tell you something. All None of the stuff I do for all, me is an adult now is for the betterment right. of my life. All y'all people out here watching these sitcoms, sitcoms are trash because they're supposed to be trash. Not because they're supposed to be this genius work that shows us how friends really live when they're in New York City. No, it's because it's supposed to make you feel better about your life. So they give you these trashy people in these trashy apartments in these trashy situations who do and say (laughs) um, and behave in all of these trashy ways. We are a little over. Everyone clock out. Yeah, my phone is upstairs. So like. That's the, the, the point, right? The, if adults have time and space to do this, children also need time and space to just be trash humans without killing anybody to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, this last one is. I feel that a lot of us have spoken with great elocution. <laughs> and, we've, and we've made... You probably read that in a video okay. game. Five-star vocab word. And we've made very, very, very impactful points and all that. Yes. And I think the great point that we all come to the central gist yeah. of all this. Yeah. Yes. The Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind is the best game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Aaron, what's the smack? I'm upset. All right, so Megan gave us a whole bunch of different ones to okay. use. Okay, what did Megan bless us with this time? Um, I like some of these, so I'm going to use the ones that at least most of us will know. Yeah. Okay. Because I did go through and look at all of them. Um, so... Oh, <laughs> I have uh, Lara Croft, Samus Aran, and then Sonya Blade. And then I have another one, which should be fun. Uh, I have Cloud Strife, Barrett Wallace, and Tifa. (laughs) Oof, those are... And then I picked this one because I thought this one was interesting. I'm going to keep the rest of these for later because I really like this Resident Evil one that I'm not going to tell anyone what it is right now because I'm going to save it for later. Um, so there's, uh, I can't pronounce the name very well, but it's Don, Fiore, and Nehru. It's the three goddesses from the Legend of Zelda series. That's the- a bit much. Mm-hmm. Was famed main character Zelda? <laughs> I mean, if you really want, I could give you just Zelda, Link, and Ganondorf go. But I'm going to keep that one for later. I mean, obviously. Let's do at least Laura Croft and then the Final Fantasy one because I feel like those were interesting. So Laura Croft. Nice job, Megan. By the way, I liked these. These are really interesting. Um, We're putting them in the normal smack bowl. I'd say Mary Samus. I'm okay. Samus, yeah. We're marrying Samus. Okay. Snog. uh, uh, I mean, I've seen Samus, but I don't. I mean, yes. Inevitably, kill uh, Sonya Blade. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts? No, I'm gonna like. I'm not even gonna challenge that at all. Like, even for a moment, I'm like maybe snog 
Sonya Blade. By the way, for um, everyone who doesn't know, Sonya Blade's part of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Alright. I could go no, maybe I could snog Sonya Blade, because I feel like the whole rock star atmosphere should be good for a good snog. Um, and Lara Croft, I love your games, I love your character, but eh, whatever, you're forgettable overall. Um, those, 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 uh, what are they? <laughs> Samus is from Metroid. Yeah.